before I start speaking, I'm going to talk a little and I'm going to share my journey a little. I'm in a very nervous place right now. I don't want to use the word fear because I'm not afraid, but my flesh is, is uncomfortable because God has called me to do some things that challenge my mind, but not my spirit. Somebody say it may challenge my mind, but my spirit is strong. Um, so I've been asking God since I've been here, why am I in Florida? Why am I in Florida? Why am I in Florida? Can I leave Florida? You know, it's just cost too much to live in Florida and on and on. So at one point I was thinking about, I know my half brother moved up to Charlotte. He said, it's nice there and it's cheaper. And Celine went and looked at some places there and she was thinking about it. And Lindsay went, she was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Everything's beautiful. And I was like, yep, that's where I need to be. And I immediately started making you know, plans in my mind to go to Charlotte and see where my next home would be. <laughs> and as I began to kind of even set up a trip, you ever get that feeling in your spirit where it's like, uh, uh, uh. God, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not co-signing on this. You could do what you want, but I'm not giving you any peace about this. But the rents are better. I can live in a place just as good. And God's like, and God said something to me that was very powerful. He said, why are you trying to find a place that you fit where you we fit that you think you are now financially instead of believing me to bring you up financially to where I have you? Why are you trying to go back instead of going forward with me? Oh, wow. Wow. So I threw that off the burner. That's it. I'm not doing that. Staying here. Rent's ridiculous. But, you know, what I paid for rent for a one bedroom, I could get a house with four bedrooms somewhere else. But God said, yeah, but I put you there. Well, Father, I need you to tell me why. No, you need me to trust you. I mean, you need to trust me and trust me to tell you why when you trust me. And I want you to take this. Take this now. A lot of us is asking God for direction without first surrendering to trust. He's not going to do it because even if he gives you the answer, you're not going to follow it. Yes, I will. No, you won't. I'm going I'm, I'm to prove that scripturally. Um, the rich man who dies and goes into torment and he says, if you let me come back from the dead, my family will believe. He said, even if you came back from the dead, they wouldn't believe. So if Jesus can clearly say, somebody rising from the dead won't even change your mind, then the bottom line is him answering your question won't change your mind either. If a sign of somebody rising from the dead won't make you believe, nothing's going to make you believe. The key word with the walk with God is trust. And God says, I entrust you with more when you show me I can trust you where you are. Trust me. So for me, I already know this. I know the spiel. I know the story. I know the song and dance. I've been through it with God so many times, but he don't mind doing the dance with you again when it, when it has to happen because the next level 
requires you to trust one more time. And it may require you to trust in a different way, but it still requires trust. The answer at the end of the day is trust. Somebody say trust. This, it requires trust. And when God, the scripture says, when he can trust you with little, that's what the word is. If you're faithful with little, he will bless you with much. If he can trust you with little, he'll bless you with much. Well, he's trusting you right now with trusting him. I'll say that again. He's entrusting you to trust him. So in this season, he said, no, I just want you to resolve that this is where I want you. And it doesn't matter what I show you or don't show you. And somebody could say amen to that. He said, I want you to trust me without knowing. Didn't Jesus say that when he came back? He said, do you see, when he said, Thomas said, my Lord and my God, that sounds like a good worship thing. And Jesus was like, yeah, whatever with all of that. You see me, so now you believe. Blessed are those who don't see and yet believe. Somebody say trust. It's about trust. I told you I was coming back. You're supposed to trust me because I said it. Who am I speaking to right now? Who am I, am I talking to you? Say, I need you to trust me before you get what you think you're supposed to get. You're supposed to believe because I said it. So I said, yes. Okay, I'm going to trust you. I belong here. I don't care if they raise the rent $1,000 more a month. I'm just going to trust you. You'll provide. And after I got comfortable with that, and, you know, I said it first as a statement of faith. You know, my flesh wasn't in, in agreement. You know how you can make a statement of faith, but your flesh ain't really there yet? Your mind ain't really there yet? You're making a confession, but you know the rest of you. That's one of those, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief moments. Come on. So he said, uh, sit with it until it becomes real. And I did. It didn't take long, a couple of days. And, you know, I, I was like, every time an opposite thought came, I was like, no, 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 no. You know, because see, the scripture said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. A lot of times we're obedient, but we haven't tackled the willing part. You know how you obey God, but your heart ain't really there. You're just doing it for fear of consequence, but you're not willing. You're just obedient. Well, I've had to go before God many times and say, God, give me a willing heart. Psalms 119, he said, I will run and not walk in the way of your precepts if you give me a heart that's willing. So there's a time that you can say, God, I realize my heart is not willing. I'm obedient, but my heart is not willing. Give me a willing heart. And it don't take long. It, 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 it don't take long at all. And after maybe two or three days, I get a phone call from this guy who's always trying to invite me to stuff and take me to stuff. But everything he takes me to is always so carny. So, you know, in Florida, you meet a lot of people. Everybody's such a hustler. Everybody got a scheme. You know, they want this crypto. It's real. It's, it's this. It's that. Everybody's a hustler. Everybody got a game. They'll ride around in big luxury cars and, and live in a, in, a, in, a, in a trailer. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's got this image that they're trying to keep up. You know, everybody want to look rich and act rich even before they're rich. So this person called me to come out to this thing and he's talking all this stuff. And I'm like, this is real estate. And I'm telling you, you can do this, you can do this. And the Lord said, go with him. I'm like, again, he said, just go with him. So I went with him 
And I'm sharing a testimony is what I'm doing today. If it turns into the whole message, then it, it does. But I'm just going to share with you the testimony. So I went with him. I went and met with him. And he's supposed to show me some real estate. And what he took me to was some total. It was a waste of my day. It was garbage. It was a total waste. And I looked at him. I said, like, what do you want me to do with this place? And he said, well, you know, I mean, it's rental income and it's a storefront. I said, this ain't near any beaches. There's near anything that's worth anything to anybody. This is borderline hood. Let's go. And as I was taking him back, you know, I told him, you know, that I, you know, he said, well, you know, I'm going to take you to lunch. He took me to five guys and got me some fries. <laughs> this is literally, this is, this is the mentality, right? And I'm going back and I'm saying, Lord, I did it. What was that about? Are you listening? The Lord said, what did he show you? He showed me a building. How many apartments in this building? 14. What were you looking for? A house. Maybe you need to be looking at buildings. Oh, that's a whole different money. Ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did there, Father. You got on me about not leaving, trying to get less money or pay less money. Then you take me out and looking for a house that matches my rent. And you're going to show me some $6 million plus building and say, now, this is the direction I'm sending you. I don't want you to go get a house. I want you to look at buildings. Whew. Whew. So I looked at a couple of things online and I went out myself and just drove up around there and just looked, looked at the neighborhood and looked at what it had to offer. And my spirit changed. My faith rose just like that because I was being obedient. So I said, wow, this is a challenge. So when I got back this week, I found this real estate guy online. I called him. I liked his spirit, but I never called him back. And I was home since Tuesday. I didn't call him. I kept dragging my feet and dragging my feet. But Saturday, I got on the phone and I spoke to him. I liked his energy. And he, he said, yeah, you sent me, I saw a link, you like this house. I said, I like the house, but I want to build an empire. I don't want to just get a house. I want to look at properties. And I said, I see some of these things, $6 million and all that, and the money they want down. He said, oh, don't worry about that. I can help you work around all that. There's plans, there's things I can show you. I'm going to connect you with my finance guy next week, and we're going to talk about some things. We're going to go see some things. My flesh is trepidating, but my spirit is stout. I need to own properties with multiple residents, not a house. Somebody said, why don't you just get, get a, a duplex and then you can let the tenant, no, 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 no. It's next level here. Six, eight, 14 units. I want this. Why am I telling you this? One, I like putting my word out there so y'all hold me to it. Just like we did with DEI and the staffing company. And, and now we're doing with Live Unique and the social media. I'm telling you, year, is, I'm not even saying two years. Within a year, I'm pulling in that 50 mil. I'm doing it. This is the motivation 
that God gives us and the opportunity to be fearless, to take a chance and let him show up. You trust in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. You commit it to him and he'll bring it to pass. So God told me, I want you to begin to chronicle, record this process of what you did from the beginning to the close of this deal. So that can begin to be a part of your vision builders. You can begin to post that as stuff online. You could begin to show people. I said, are you trying to turn me into like a real estate guru? He said, just do what I said. Don't worry about all of that. You see what it's going to be. So I'm saying to you, in this season, be ready to be challenged. Be ready to be pushed. Be ready to, to let God push you into places that are not in your comfort zone. Be ready to take the step with God. Stop saying you trust God for the comfort of your living room and your study job. Stop saying that. If you want to trust God, then trust God to take you out into places that your feet have not gone before. To put your hands on things that you never put your hands on before. You've seen me do it before. I'm doing it again. And, and I'm never going to stop doing it. I'll be 64 next month, and I feel like I'm just getting started. This is the beginning of new beginnings and the end of old endings. And I know, I know that the way my situations have ended, they don't end that way anymore. So listen to what I just said. The beginning of new beginnings, but also the end of old endings. I want you to stop expecting things to end the way they used to. I want you to stop expecting things to end medium or mediocre or just enough or enough to pay your bills or a little increase just so you can get by. I want you to expect a different ending. I want you to expect a grand ending. I want you to expect, expect an end game ending. You know, like all the heroes and the angels coming through the portholes and coming in and opening up the doors and tearing down the wicked. This is our legacy. This is our promise. This is what God has offered to us as his people. Um, I want to go back to Hebrews chapter two, and I want to end, I want to begin or end this message where I ended last week. Um, Hebrews chapter two. And before I start to speak, let me just plant this in your spirit. How many of you say, you know you're called to greatness. You know it. You believe that in your heart. Let me see your hand. I mean, if you believe you're called to greatness, you really believe it. I mean, not just saying it because I'm asking you to raise your hand. If you don't really mean it, put your hand down. But if you really mean it, and if, you don't, if your camera's not on, put your thumbs up emoji or something up there to let me know that we stand in agreement. Again, unity. We got to be unified, right? Got to be unified. We you know, want to put a thousand to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight. There's enough of us here to put millions to flight. So let, let's just, just, just take a stand together. We are agreeing for each other's greatness, not just for our own, but for each other. Okay. Since we believe that, here's a stand we take. God, show me the ending that I have not been able to see because I've let my past dictate my future endings. Show me the ending that you have designed for me or that you have put in place for me. Father, I pray for each and every person here that has raised their hand 
that you begin to show them the end. And you, your word says, you have, you know the plans you have for us after the Lord. Plans to give us a hope in the future, to prosper us and not to harm us. You know what the ending is. Help us see the ending that you have. Free us from the ending that we've locked on to for so many years and, and the ending that we've come to expect all of our things to be. No more glass ceilings. We see beyond. We come out of our tent, like you said, Abraham. Come out of our little tent and count the numbers in the sky, the stars in the sky, and so shall your seed be. And, and that that's a big call because I need you to understand Abraham's a rich man. You may see when God says, come out of your tent, you may be picturing a little tent that you go camping with, but that's not his tent. His tent had animals, it had barns. You ever seen the Ringling Brothers tent? It take up the whole block and all around the whole community. It was a tent tent. You lived in it. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a pup tent. It was a, it was like a mansion that was portable. And he told him that ain't even big enough. Come outside and count the stars. I need you to count the stars right now with me. I need you to count the stars and, and realize how small your dream is right now. Realize how little it is, how small it is. Think about it when you get a chance, if you can tonight, if you can find a place, go outside and see if you can see stars and begin to count them. I tried that. It's not possible. They keep moving. This keeps shifting. You think you counted 50 or 20 and then all of a sudden the whole skyscape has changed and you're starting all over again. So what he was saying when he told him to count the stars, he was trying to say, what I'm about to do for you, you can't count. But we have to be bold enough to trust like that. We have to be bold enough and if you can't go all the way, say, God, well, if I can't go all the way, take me 10% more than where I am now, 20% more than where I am now, 50%, whatever number works for you, 5%, I don't care if it's 3%, take me beyond what I've become comfortable with now. Challenge my faith to just go a little bit deeper and a little wider and a little bigger than what I am today. You willing to do that? Can we do that? Can we do that? This is, this is what this is about today. I'm challenged. I'm challenged. And I knew before I came back, I was supposed to be looking at house, you know, apartment complexes and stuff like that. Then I turned on the thing, um, looked on my Instagram today, and this guy popped up who I'm watching, and he's showing that he just bought this office building. I'm like, oh, God. Like, I'm just getting comfortable with 10 apartments. And now you got somebody on here showing me office buildings. But it can be done. It can be done. Mayweather owns office buildings in, in New York, as a matter of fact. He owns sky, skyscrapers. This is scary only because, I know I want to get to my verses, but do you mind the way I'm going right now? I want to get to my, I want to, I want to make you understand this is only, you're listening, you're listening. It's only scary because it's unknown, not because it's impossible. Write that down. It's only scary to your flesh because it's unknown, not because it's impossible. 
Because you can look around you every day and see a million people are doing it. All those buildings and stuff you see in New York or wherever you live, somebody owns them. And that person wakes up, eats, drinks, poops, pees and sleeps just like you. So it's only scary to the flesh because you don't know what to do, but not because it's impossible. You got that? Say it's not impossible. You can look around you right now. Look at the, the building you live in. Look around you if you're in the street. Look around at stuff in the neighborhood and see all this property and land and stuff and say, yeah, I could own that. I can own that. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm going, okay, I can own that. And then God reminded me, he said, what's so complicated about it? Don't you own a three-story building in New York? Oh, yeah. So why can't you have 10 stories? Oh, yeah. And that's what it's about. It's about having your faith challenged to the point that you have to trust in a way that you didn't trust before and then watch what God will do for you. So now I'm going back to Hebrews chapter two. And I'm starting at verse one again. I know I did it, but I think sharing with you what I'm doing now with the word may help you understand what we're reading a little bit better. Reading from the NIV, it says we must pay the most careful attention therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received as just punishment, how should we escape if we ignore such a great deliverance? How will we escape if we ignore such a great salvation, deliverance? How will we ignore, how can we escape if we ignore that? And we broke that all down again, what a great salvation was. And how should we escape if we ignore that? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord and was confirmed by those who heard him, God also testified by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. These things, this salvation that we're talking about, this great salvation that we're talking about, I, I, I want to just go over this one more time. The word salvation I won't give you the, um, the, 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 the Greek word. I'll just give you the definition. We went over it before, but I'm gonna do it again. Deliverance, preservation, safety, deliverance from molestation of enemies in the ethical sense that which can, concludes to the soul safety and salvation or messianic salvation, a future salvation and the sum of its benefits and blessings which the Christians redeemed from all earthly ills 
will enjoy after the visible return of Christ from the heavens. So he's saying this thing covers from spiritual to earthly. Every aspect of it is covered. And how could you escape if you neglect or forget this great salvation? We're called to kingdoms. And in our kingdoms, we get the help of the people. I think about me owning an apartment building and being able, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. This is, this is just me to tithe one of those apartments. To say this apartment is for people who are need and need a place to live and need a place to stay and they don't have to pay to stay here. I tithe that rent or sold that rent for people to have a place to live that need one that's trying to get on their feet or trying to do things and just hit a bad a bad stroke. These are things that you can do, listen to what I'm about to say, if you're willing to trust God. Somebody's verse is playing. But since the message spoken... That was mine. See, the Bible stopped talking to me. You have the right, the privilege, and the power to be used by God to do his mighty works. You know, no, I saw my neighbor and I said, praise the Lord and God bless you. And I gave her five dollars. That's, that's cute. It's not a mighty work. Think of what God can do. Think of the limitlessness of his power and think about the fact that you have the privilege to be used in all of that. In all of what he can do. Now, listen close to what I'm about to say. Not based on your bank account, not based on your wallet, not based on the food that's in your cabinet. Based on his limitless power and resource. You have the right. Why do you think Jesus was able to pull water out of, out of there and feed people with fish, two fish and five loaves of bread and feed over 20,000 people? Why do you think that's possible? Because he pulled on the limitless resources of God. He didn't base his move on the resources that were around him. He wasn't limited to his education on the earth or the money that was in his pocket or the amount of people that was with him or how many fish or loaves were in the actual basket. You have the right and the privilege to access that and be used by God in his limitless power. I confess that I have not been used by God in his limitless power. I've been used by God in drips and drabs where he can find me available, but I have not been used in his limitless power but I'm declaring to you today, you have that right and you have that privilege. Come on, somebody confess that along with me. I have that right and I have the privilege to be used according to God's limitless power.
This is us. I'm going to wrap up. I'm not going to go super long today. I'm starting on another journey or a new journey, which is part of the old journey. So it's the same journey, but it's just the next level of the journey. And that journey requires me to trust God. That journey requires me to believe God to do with me things that I couldn't do before. Sherry, I know you're stepping out in a new business venture that's different for you. And I know, even though you may not say it, you're nervous. But you know what? If God called you, God has all the people that need to be in place already. You have all circumstances worked out and everything that needs to happen. Just don't limit him to your resources. He's not limited to Suzanne and he's not limited to any of these people that we've spoken to so far. He's going to make one connection and the whole deal changes. Saints, I'm begging you. Claim your right. Claim your privilege to be used by God. The title of the message today is trust. It's just trust. It's, it's as simple as trust. And, and pay attention that you don't forget. Pay attention. Keep close, close tabs. When God spoke to me about this, I was like, ooh, I wasn't expecting that. But okay. Okay. I want to tell you the first place where it popped up in my spirit to go see was this $2.5 million house. And I just got in the car and decided to drive there. It was 40 minutes away from where I live. And I decided to drive there. And I get to the neighborhood and I'm looking all around. And this house is not there. I don't see this house. And I'm walking, I'm like, see, okay, this house, is that it? Nope, somebody lives there. That can't be it. Wait, no. And I'm, some houses that look like it, but that the one that looks just like that is just not there. And I walk around, I stopped a couple of people in the streets, excuse me, where is this house? And they're like, we don't know. And I'm like, the address is this, it says it's here. We don't know. And I walked around and then I said, Lord, what am I doing wrong? And he said, turn around. And I turn around, it was an empty lot with some trucks in it doing some construction. He said, that's the house right there. I said, wow. So they're selling a house that they haven't even built yet. He said, yeah. What does that say to you? This earthly people got more sense than the, the church do. They, they calling things that be not as though they were. They're selling a finished house, furnishing everything, pictures and everything up there online, and they're just breaking ground. And God said, I wanted you to come and put your faith on what I'm doing, not what you see. So I sent you to see a house that's not even built yet to put your faith out there for what you don't see. And that was the beginning of me understanding it's about trust. It's not about what you see. It's not about what you have in your bank account. It's not about what people say they could do for you. It's not about anything but trust. And if you give God the opportunity to show himself faithful, he will. He has been in your life where you are right now. 
God always meet my needs. My bill always getting paid. One thing I know about the Lord, he always comes to. And God's like, yeah, but that's because that's what you believe. According to your faith, be it unto you. You got enough faith for me to meet your bills every month. That's where your faith is. That's all you giving me. You have the right and the privilege to believe God according to his limitless power, his infinite power. That's your privilege to do that. Take a stand, saints. I don't care if it's 5%, 10%. I'm not telling you you got to go out tomorrow and look for a 10-family um, building. But something bigger than what you're doing right now. Stop limiting God to just helping you get your needs met every month and your bills paid. And they didn't cut the lights off. Praise the Lord. Serious? This is what we given Father to work with? Serious? I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, give daddy something else to work with. And let's watch what he does. So you can write this date down. You can put it in your book that I said before you, I'm going to get me a multifamily dwelling and I'm going to do it soon. And no, I don't have the finance in my pocket or in my bank account to do it but I got a father who does. And so I'm doing it. In Jesus name, amen.